This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 185 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. Today, we are talking all about science fiction subgenres. But first up, we have to do personal updates. And apparently, it's accountability as well, although we don't have Holly with us. No, and, and this is um, her favorite bit. And I know. Least favorite bit. <laughs> I know. Do you think she's done this on purpose to torture us? Yeah, probably. She, she will. <laughs> be sad to miss the goal setting episode she will she will and be able to laugh at us fudging our way through it <laughs> yes okay well <laughs> let the fudging begin I guess um <laughs> so I didn't actually set a march wait what month are we in we're what? in April <laughs> apparently the last goal I set was in February which must have been for March right yeah so I didn't set a goal for April I think that's right because I missed yeah. I missed the I last joint episode with the accountability so <laughs> I mean to be fair my goal was is the same every month until this is finished which is push ahead with the book formatting formula and work on the website for the book formatting formula and <laughs> it's slow going which I explained in my um episode last week was last week yeah last week mm -hmm. um just because of illness and stuff and and life so yeah no I am still working on it but I've had a lot of formatting clients this month so they've had to take priority unfortunately um but yeah it, it'll get there and <laughs> my goal for May is the same thing Yay! <laughs> get, get the book <laughs> formatting formula done I guess yeah just focus on that and get it done I because I want to get it done so that I can get back to fiction because yeah. people keep asking for Christmas cats in space, <laughs> which I'm not sure if I mentioned on the podcast before, but I put out a post in April for April Fool's Day that I was going to write a book called Christmas Cats in Space. And now everyone actually wants the real book. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, we leaving it at that. Just yeah. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was so I was on the edge of my seat. I thought we were going to get an exclusive. Uh, <laughs> I don't do exclusive. I I don't do secret projects either, like you. And I, I I know I'm you terrible. Have, you have so many. I know, and yeah, that's that's my accountability. Secret projects. Um. So, I, I, the first half of April was meant to be a holiday because I was meant to have finished how to map your world at the end of March, which I didn't. So <laughs> my holiday, <laughs> I was I was away. My kids were off school. We were um, down at my parents where my brother was and my sister-in-law were there with their two kids. My sister was there with her three kids. I was there with my two kids. It was insane. 
Sounds um, busy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I released a book while I was there. Finished writing it, formatted oh it, and released it while I was there. So that was my holiday. It was a working holiday. It always is. <laughs> I know, I'm crazy. Um, but it is out, it is done. So, yes, congratulations. Yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> Everyone loves oh. maps. And Everyone they don't, does. They're wrong. <laughs> I I completely agree. Right. With you. <laughs> Frankly, if you don't like beautiful fantasy maps, you are just wrong. Um, and yeah, the second half was gonna be um working on my very exciting new top secret project, which I am. <laughs> and you can't talk about it. <laughs> but but I'm not talking about it yet. Um, yeah. I'm doing lots of I, I will tell you one thing though I'm uh planning to launch it with kickstarter it's going to be a kickstarter so at the moment I'm doing lots of research on how to run a successful kickstarter and getting quotes for production of secret projects mm. <laughs> <laughs> so Yes, it's very it's very exciting and it's all very new territory, which is quite also exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and how about May? Oh, just just that yeah. project. Um yes, I think so. Um I have been asked to do an online talk to some students at Staffordshire University about world building. That's where I um, went. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Um, and yeah, I think the the rest of the month is largely just hunkering down on the new secret project. Oh, I'm so annoying. So many, you are too many secrets. I can't <laughs> handle it. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so no new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons who sponsor the show. We appreciate all of your support so much. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive access to our off-air banter, and the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. So if you'd like to join in and also support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And our monthly sessions of sprints and giggles, an evening where we do writing sprints, answer questions and have a laugh are open to all our listeners. To get the link to join in, just make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter or a member of our Facebook group. And I believe as this episode goes out, it will be this Wednesday. This is sprints and giggles. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> That's what my calendar says, so... Yeah, mine too. <laughs> so, <Hooray. yeah> <laughs> so today we are talking about science fiction subgenres. And I I love science fiction and I grew up on science fiction. Me too. And what I love is just how many crazy subgenres it has. <laughs> yes, it does indeed. I mean, for me, I've always said that sci-fi, I've watched more sci-fi movies than I have read sci-fi books. Mm, so I feel like I'm going to learn a lot in this episode from the wonderful Angeline <laughs> because <laughs> she's more knowledgeable about... I've always struggled with genres. Like I think because I haven't been in... I haven't been a writer for long and um, I didn't want to be a writer <laughs> before I became one, which sounds bizarre, doesn't it? But 
Um, so I didn't really think too much about genres. You just watch a movie, don't you? You don't mm-hmm. really consider the tropes and the genres and all, all of that stuff. So I'm still kind of really finding my way with genres. Yeah. To be to be fair, it's all quite new to me because, as you know, I write stupid genre mashups that are hard to explain. <laughs> um, so thinking about genre is actually quite a new thing for me as mm-hmm. well. But uh, yeah, science fiction has lots and lots of just awesome subgenres that are so much fun. Um, so we'll kick off with hard science fiction which is something I do not and probably will never write, which is... The serious stuff. It is the heavy, science-based, very science-y. <laughs> so <laughs> the best description That's ever. a technical term. <laughs> so hard science fiction is very science-y. The science takes the four. It's like the most important part of the story. Everything is like hooked onto that hard science fiction so um like an example of that would be uh, now I, I will say i've watched the movie but i haven't read the book but uh the martian by andy weir i think it is um apparently the book is like really intense science mm. the movie's <laughs> brilliant though i do love the movie it's great i love the bit where he where he uh fertilizes his potatoes <laughs> yes ah brilliant and on the flip side of that we have soft science fiction which is more my speed where actually the actual science (laughs) itself takes a back seat to the story but it's still there it is still there because it (laughs) would it be science fiction without a bit of science in it absolutely but you don't have to like know equations for hyperspeed. <laughs> no, true. So, w- would you say that Star Trek is hard sci-fi or soft sci-fi? Um, that would require me to be a Star Trek fan. What? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Epi- how can we have an episode talking about sci-fi if you don't like Star Trek? I know, right? I know. I've hardly <laughs> seen any. Um, but. Uh, I I think a heck of a lot of these subgenres would fall under soft science fiction. Mm. So, yeah, most of what we're going to talk about. So, what would you say? Would you say Star Trek is soft science fiction? I have no idea. <laughs> we need Holly here to answer that question. We do. She should be on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, though those are the. That's kind of like a nice way to split science fiction down. Yeah, the two branches, aren't they? It is. Yes, the two branches of science fiction. I know which branch I am on. Me too. Let's go down soft sci-fi. <laughs> Let's go soft and fluffy. Yeah. And then the next subgenre we have is yet another subgenre that I will never, ever write because it's too hard for me. Military sci-fi. Ah, yes. So we, yeah, we see a lot of this. It's a lot of the time it's an aspect of something else. Like um, James Cameron's Avatar movies, there's a lot of military in it. Would you say it's only military science fiction? No, 
there are there are lots of other subgenres that play into that one but uh yeah we see military in a lot of science fiction um and it takes a lot of research <laughs> mm, yeah it does <laughs> unless you already know the ins and outs of war yes and, and combat and and all the jargon oh yes yeah yeah but it's sci-fi you can make up your own jargon <laughs> <laughs> if you are writing about an alien military or a futuristic military you know then yeah you can make up your own jargon yeah, but i think easier. yeah but i think the fans of military sci-fi like the sort of recognizable military stuff okay so um th- we see this in a lot of computer games as well military science fiction yeah. uh, is very popular in computer games it is so do you want to tackle the next subgenre? Yes, we have social science fiction, which is, and I'm going to read this out because we have a wonderful description of it here. <laughs> fiction in which future societies are extrapolated, explained and often criticised, usually for the purpose of social satire. So the social sciences are the overriding theme in this type of fiction. However, science and technology will usually play a central role in the structure of the, am I saying that word right, extrapolated society? Um, I would say extrapolated, cool. but um, it's, you know. Um, you know when you're reading out a word and you're like, that's not how you say that word. I, it's fine. Like all the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so social science fiction is very much focused on future societies and how they work so it's like sociology um yeah and usually to satirize them um so i guess a lot of the time it might be i mean social satire doesn't have to be comedy um i think you know Sometimes you can have serious satire, can't you? Well, it's, yeah, it's making a caricature of society, really, yeah. isn't it? And really, like, emphasising certain aspects of it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be funny. It just has to make a point. Yeah, because we see a lot of that in dystopian fiction mm. as well, which is a subgenre we will get to. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But, yeah, we see we see that um, that looking at, problems in society and the exaggerating of them in dystopian fiction in order to pick it apart and to um break it down in a way that makes us realize something that we take for granted or there are a lot of problems in society that we go oh well that's just like how it is mm. um so these sort of subgenres pick it apart and through satire and through um, exaggerating certain aspects of society, it helps you to notice them and hopefully work towards changing them. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) I'm very hopeful. I'm very optimistic. (laughs) Um, Space opera is another one. so space opera is like soap opera. So they're long running <laughs> series with um lots of story arcs that continue throughout 
the different books. You have a large cast, lots of recurring characters. And generally you'll see these um, set in space on spaceships. So Sounds like, like Star Trek. Star Trek, <laughs> 100% is a classic example of space opera. And all of those, like Farscape, you know, those sort of things mm. are absolutely... You've got the recurring characters that keep coming back. So it's like a... It's like soap opera set in space. Which is awesome if you think about it. It really is. And way better than actual soap opera, (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should see more of that. Um, And then we get on to a lot of my favourite subgenres, all the punks. The punks. The The punks. punks. Tell us about the punks. Because we've got this list of punks and I haven't heard of half of them. Yes. Um, they are a lot of these are new okay. or newer subgenres. Um, and I I'm always saying if you ever want to create a subgenre, just grab a word and put punk on the end of it, and suddenly it's a subgenre. So <laughs> this this will prove my point. So steampunk, we start off with. I think everyone has heard of steampunk. It's um usually Victoriana. Um, lots of cogs, <laughs> lots, lots of, of cogs, lots of cogs. <laughs> yeah, um, they will travel around in hot air balloons and um, big airships, and it's. I always find it funny that this is under science fiction because it's very historical, mm. um, but it often brings in futuristic technology into it but in a Victoriana sort of aesthetic way, which is really interesting. Um, You see a lot of vampire hunters in steampunk. Do you really? You do, yeah. Clearly, I feel like I've sidestepped this genre, (laughs) maybe because it has the historical aspect and history just doesn't interest me much. Maybe, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting sort of play on historical fiction and just making it super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make history cool. Yes. Steampunk. <laughs> it does. It does it does make indeed history cool. Um yeah, lots of um, you know, hiding a gun in your garter strap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which is always cool. Um, cool. Yeah. And diesel punk is kind of like steampunk, but more diesel So you're talking about like big, heavy machinery, the smell of diesel, <laughs> lots of lots of smoke. So where steampunk is focused on more sort of like the aesthetic of steam powered machinery, Diesel punk is obviously more on diesel power, and uh, I've never I've never written any diesel punk, but it's a genre that really fascinates me, and I quite like to have a go. Yeah, it sounds uh, again one. This is one I've never heard of. Obviously, I've heard of steampunk because it's a big thing, but diesel punk is obviously just a little bit into the future. Yeah, not too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like the idea of like. The dirt and the grime of it. Yeah. So, um, cyberpunk. 
is um, very, very up and coming genre. I think it's growing in popularity at the moment. Um, so this cyberpunk very much deals with um, the link between people and computer technology. Um, Ready Player One is an absolute classic example of cyberpunk. It's it's also quite um, a comment on on society because it generally cyberpunk will focus on working class poor characters, and it really works to highlight poverty and the um, the difference between rich and poor. So the next subgenre is biopunk, another punk. We're still in the punks. I've never heard um, of it. <laughs> <laughs> so biopunk is similar to cyberpunk. So cy- while cyberpunk focuses on the link between people and computer technology, um, biopunk is more about biotechnology. So it's like uh, genetic manipulation and body modification and eugenics and things like that. And again, it's also set sort of in like this gritty future of social decline. You know, th- these are dystopian wor- worlds that these punk genres are set in. Mm. Um, but the nice thing is we're, f- we're focusing on the working class characters that often don't get a voice so that's what i like about them though i I love gritty genres i love grit (laughs) yes we know (laughs) um and then nanopunk is obviously like cyberpunk a biopunk but (laughs) it's focusing on like nanotechnology so tiny little robots that go inside your body and like Hopefully they might fix stuff inside your body. Um, of course, they might be doing the opposite. But uh, yeah, so it's all, all about nanotechnology and uh, just t- tiny robots inside you, which yeah. reminds me of the movie The Island, where they have little robots going inside them and like crawling around inside their body to uh, diagnose illnesses and stuff like that and check their health and well-being i vaguely remember that movie (laughs) i remember them escaping yes (laughs) but uh yeah i i find all that stuff incredibly creepy but yeah uh, it is yeah it's because i i have a phobia of like bugs getting in my body yeah i think most people do it reminds me of um even though this isn't nanotechnology at all, but uh, the Matrix where they put that bug in his belly button. Oh, mm, anyway. <laughs> I mean, one of my favourite punks, because it's fluffier and not so gritty, <laughs> is solar punk. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've only come across recently. And I've probably seen it in movies and books before, but not really kind of classified it in that way. Um but solar punk is about how the future might look if humanity succeeded in solving major challenges. And it's all about sustainability, humans' impact on the environment, addressing climate change and pollution and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, it kind of pulls in, sometimes pulls in fantasy and utopian fiction. So it's very much utopian world. Everything's lovely. Everything's green. The, you know, 
society is running very nicely um but obviously there's going to be problems at the same time because what's fiction without some conflict yeah but yeah so so the punk is a future of the best that humanity can achieve and i I just have to throw in some zombies (laughs) just (laughs) chuck them in there see what happens (laughs) yeah because climate change fiction which is also known as cli-fi which i love (laughs) (laughs) um is is really popular at the moment because obviously this is one of the things that we as a society are currently quite interested in and Mm. going through and quite obsessed with so yeah cli is becoming really popular i really like the idea of solar punk because yeah it's positive and upbeat and i like I know I wrote about like <laughs> awful things, but I love happy endings and I love positivity. And um, yeah, I'd want to throw some zombies in there, but <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's good. Um, but no, and... I, I like solar punk as a setting. Like if yeah. you go onto Pinterest and search solar punk, it all just looks very cool to me, and I want to live there. Yeah, definitely go and do it. That's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where That's... am I supposed to go? <laughs> that does that sounds like a, a good Pinterest search. Um so the uh, the last punk we have on our list is scavenger punk. Um <laughs> so which random. We we go back to grit and grime again. So scavenger <laughs> punk. I I think some really good examples of scavenger punk are Tank Girl and also Mad Max. So it's about scavenging and it's about like making stuff out of broken stuff. So you might have a character that owns a scrapyard, for example. Um, and they, it, so it's about recycling. It's really positive. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, but in a gritty way. <laughs> yeah, but also gritty and grimy. So that's like my perfect subgenre, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I just I wouldn't do a Pinterest search for it (laughs) I really want to do that Pinterest search now I'm gonna do it I'll do I'll do solar punk you do scavenger punk and we'll (laughs) we'll compare and contrast yes (laughs) um yeah so the the next one is it oh it's a controversial one because some people will say that's not science fiction but superhero fiction yeah so where do you stand? Is it science fiction or is it something else? It's science fantasy. Yes. <laughs> I think I always <laughs> say that as well because I think that's a really nice I, I think, yeah, compromise. it's just a, it's a nice fence to sit on. Yeah, it is. And it is science fantasy, um, which is the incorporation of science fiction and fantasy. So technology and magic. Yeah. Which are, are superhero powers classed as magic? It depends. It depends. Yeah. How, Iron Man is very much sci-fi, um, mm. sci-fi but Thor yeah, very much fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Okay. So it would depend. Yeah. No, we they're... need that fence. The fence yeah. is firmly being set on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because it depends where their powers come from. Yeah. So, like um, Wolverine in X-Men. Um Ooh, yeah. He is very much the fence because his 
um, mutation that he can heal quickly is obviously fantasy. And his metal skeleton is science fiction. But the potential that humans could evolve to mutate is a possibility. Is science fiction. Yeah. It is a scientific possibility. It is. At some point. So I would still, <laughs> yeah, no, superhero fiction deserves to stay in the sci fi subgenre. Definitely. Yes. Um, Next subgenre is my absolute favourite of all time, ever apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic. Obviously, the distinction between them being apocalyptic fiction actually sees the apocalypse happen, whereas post-apocalyptic is all about what happens afterwards. One, one I really like is Cormac McCarthy's The Road. And what I really like about that is he never says what the apocalypse was. It's never mentioned. You never actually find out what caused the apocalypse or what happened yeah. in the apocalypse. And I, I just kind of like that because actually it doesn't matter. What do you like about that genre? Um, why do you love it so much? Why do I love it so much? Um, I, One thing, it's really fun to write because basically you're given an empty sandbox. You know, mm. everything has collapsed. Maybe the physical world has collapsed. Society has definitely collapsed and needs to rebuild. So it's a real sandbox genre that you can just do whatever you want with. But also, I really like the positivity in that genre, which um, sounds ironic. But mm. in post-apocalyptic fiction, we see the rebuilding of society. And we see characters um, learning to live in the new normal, you know, mm. or creating a new normal for themselves and surviving. You know, it's a story of survival, which, which it's a story um, of hope. It is. Exactly. Yeah. It's like such a hopeful genre. But gritty, too. <laughs> also gritty. Yes. Yes. There's a theme emerging here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> All right. So the next is time travel, which is exactly as it sounds. Stories about moving forward or back in time. Yep, absolutely. So like Terminator or that time traveling hot tub movie. What? <laughs> I, yeah. I, can't, I can't remember even what the title is and I'll admit to ha never having seen it <laughs> no nor have I I'm trying to think of the lot like I can't think of many time travel movies I don't know why uh the time traveler's wife <laughs> that, absolutely there but you that's, go you wouldn't class that as sci-fi really but it but is yeah but it's a crossover with romance it's a sci-fi yes. romance but we're talking yeah. about that in a minute so. yes we will cover crossovers in a minute <laughs> we love a good crossover between us don't we <laughs> we do yes <laughs> yeah so time travel is pretty self-explanatory as is alien invasion i think yeah. we all know what that is <laughs> <laughs> yes independence day the end yes that was, <laughs> that was literally the movie that i was just about to mention yeah well I mean, is there any other movie to really think of when you say Alien Invasion apart from that one? I think it's the most obvious example. Yeah. Classic. Brilliant movie. Although District 9 
is also an amazing alien invasion movie. I think I have seen that. Yeah, it's pretty weird. <laughs> yes. But I love that. Yeah. Um, so the next subgenre is alternate history. Um, so this is where you take a historical event and you change what happened or the reason for it happening. So um, that might be like Hitler as a cyborg or like um, <laughs> the Great Fire of London being started by dragons, which would actually be take you back into science fantasy. But alternate history, changing known history changing the past yeah it's fun yep and you can cross that over with time travel you and can go back in time and change history and then go back to normal time and see what's changed yeah as there's a an result episode, yeah there's an episode of the simpsons all about that it reminds me of <laughs> um <laughs> is there really yeah. um <laughs> is it quantum leap or is it sliders yes. oh well, Quantum Leap is... Um... Did you ever watch Sliders? That TV show was amazing. No, I don't think I did. But I, think... I watched a lot of Quantum Leap. Oh, that was brilliant. But I think I'm thinking of Sliders where they go and change things. In Anyway, there's loads of TV shows all about mm. time travel and, you know, changing history. Yeah. Um, another one is Parallel Worlds. So that's um, switching between parallel worlds <laughs> so, worlds that exist alongside each other um the loki tv show yes. is a really good example of this the multiverse essentially yes. um yeah marvel have firmly planted themselves in the multiverse and you know are enjoying that aspect of it but it confuses the hell out of me <laughs> it really does i'm like wait what <laughs> But but it's, uh, it's a good one. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, you also have Lost Worlds, which is um so like traveling to a place that shouldn't exist, like journey to the center of the earth is mm -hmm. absolute classic example of this. Um, we see it in a lot of those old 70s sci-fi shows where there are dinosaurs and lots of women in very Gantley clad <laughs> fur bikinis and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what TV show are you even thinking of? Like the oh, just those really, All really movies. old okay. 70s, really trashed things. Um <laughs> yeah, King Kong would probably be an example of Lost Worlds as well. Um, you I mean you could include like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchises in that, although that's kind of a created lost world but um but then i suppose in jurassic world where they abandon it and it's left to the wild and stuff that would mm. possibly count as a lost world um but yeah that's yeah. fun <laughs> um my other favorite subgenre dystopian fiction we've already mentioned this a little bit so dystopian is basically the opposite of a utopia so it's just a really horrible place to live. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, it sounds so cheerful. Yeah, so classic examples of this is Handmaid's Tale and Hunger Games. Um, we see a lot of oppressive government 
structures in dystopia and we see a lot of heroes rising up yes i was gonna say there's always hope that's why i love it (laughs) you gotta have that hope for sure (laughs) yep and our final subgenre is pulp which is going back to those 70s stuff it's it's got that retro feel like it's just it's just 70s style science fiction basically yeah um so all your all your classics if they're written now in that style they would be pulp so yeah so that is a little wrap up of science fiction subgenres there are probably more there's of there course more, there's more yeah there someone's are someone's just going to take a word and stick funk on the end of it so they are that was quite a comprehensive <laughs> list though i think yeah i think we covered most of it yeah um and now genre crossovers because you can do lots of crossovers i'll let yeah. you talk about the first one <laughs> sci-fi romance yay <laughs> it's where the main aspect of the story is the romance of the characters um but it's obviously sci-fi related there are lots and lots of alien romance books out there (laughs) where a human will hook up with a random alien dude typically Mm. um but yeah i think plenty of people enjoy them or indeed Um, cyborgs and robots yeah i mean whatever floats your boat right (laughs) exactly (laughs) um yeah yeah, another um, common crossover is gothic science fiction. So probably the best example of this is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. We probably have all heard of that. Yes. <laughs> she is often um, said to be the person who basically invented science fiction, although <laughs> there is some debate that is, about that. That is a debate for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that is definitely gothic science fiction. Along those lines, sci-fi horror. Um, A lot of people would put zombie apocalypse into sci-fi horror. Um, Sci-fi comedy as well. So you can mash those two genres together. Uh, Sci-fi and fantasy creating science fantasy, which we have already spoken about Um. We both feel that superheroes fall in there. A lot of people will argue, and I think mm. quite rightly so, that Star Wars yeah. is science fantasy because, of course, um, it's a space opera, but they also have the Force, which is a form of magic. Indeed. So, And then space western as well. <laughs> so random. It's, but it, why not? How much fun. so yeah that's your your classic cowboys but in a science fiction setting yeah absolutely and what is one of your favorite sci-fi movies ever oh one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever my goodness or books Um, we're supposed to be talking about books (laughs) 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 well Books. See, I I grew up very much on those pulp classics, um, and because that's what my dad read to me 
as bedtime stories so like hg wells and stuff like that mm. um and the midwitch cuckoos was always my favorite which i've reread again as an adult i've not i've not heard of that either so. <laughs> terribly uncultured <laughs> and, and what about movies um, or tv shows i don't know goodness try and think off the top of my head i do really like i do really like um the island mm. i have watched that a lot um tv shows i think it has to be handmaid's tale yes. i know we've broken away from the books now but very much so uh, yes hugely but yes yeah. i'm really enjoying really. that i i didn't i started watching it thinking i wouldn't like it but i do it's scary it's a bit yeah it's gruesome in places <laughs> a bit too gruesome for me but still the st the stories captured me but one of my favorite sci-fi movies has to be fifth element oh yes i just oh i love absolutely it. adore that movie multi-pass <laughs> <laughs> multi-pass um <laughs> but i suppose that would be classed as science fantasy and a little bit of science comedy yeah as well yeah yeah i did love i love that movie yeah brilliant movie <laughs> and uh yeah what other what other favorites have you got i should have made a list i know we didn't come prepared or what are your favorite genres um i love superhero movies i'm a mm. big i'm a big fan big big fan um i liked kind of goes down the solar punk um route, route but kind of gets a bit destroyed at the end i think it's called it's either tomorrow world or tomorrowland what's the one with george clooney in it i don't know have you not I seen that? that no um i'm pretty sure it's i think it's tomorrowland because tomorrow's world was an old tv show in the uk it was it? <laughs> tomorrow's world I used to watch that and it used to tell talk about like future technology yeah no tomorrowland not tomorrow's world <laughs> tomorrowland really really good yeah i definitely recommend that one i don't know that one yeah i love tank girl as well tank girl movie i watch yeah. that quite often no i've not seen that it's yeah that's very pulpy and a bit strange but it's good <laughs> and it has an amazing soundtrack yeah that that always makes a movie good to me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh but I'm mad, quite mad on Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yes. Moment. Brilliant music. New movie out in May. Yes. And another one I loved was Aeon Flux. I love that movie. Yeah. Because yeah. that was just so unique. Yeah. That's one again. I, I re-watch that a lot. Yeah. Love it. Very slick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that brings us to the conclusion of our science fiction subgenres and genre crossovers. Oh, I love sci fi. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so it does, it leads us onto our would you rather question. Which, is it sci-fi related <laughs> it's not sci-fi related oh, i'm afraid okay. i found some funny um would you rather questions ages ago and they've been sitting on my phone ever since mm -hmm. um so 
and it's only it's only me having to answer it yes it's only you contend okay yeah so would you rather have an assistant to reply to all of your emails or an assistant to do all of your grocery shopping (laughs) all of my grocery shopping for sure i don't have to reply (laughs) to that many emails i'm not that popular yet Uh... um but I'm always forever going to the supermarket and it drives me crazy. Mm. I see. I would go the other way because I'm really, really, really bad with emails. <laughs> just, no, I'm I, so bad. Do you have lots of emails you have to reply to all the time? Uh, not a huge amount all the time, but it's just constant dealing with my inbox, like just <laughs> deleting nonsense and then all of the receipts that I get, like from Book Funnel and stuff, mm. just all the time. And I'm like, what do I even do with these? And... Oh, see, I've got lots of folders set up on my yeah, email see. accounts with rules that put the emails in uh, the folders as soon as they come in. And I'm pretty on top of my inbox. That's impressive. See, I, I need an assistant out. to do that. For I mean, me. if, if you want me, if you want to pay me, I'm happy to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to help, but I'm not doing your grocery shopping for you. That's where I draw the line <laughs> because I do it enough for myself. It is never ending, and well, how, yeah, people keep blooming eating what you buy as well. I was going to say, like, my kids are thirteen and eleven now, and they just mm. like the food's just gone. It's rude, isn't it? Except for the chocolate. They still have so much Easter chocolate. And I don't know how it's not gone already. Because if it was my Easter chocolate, it would have been gone by now. And I have to resist touching it. (laughs) I know it's theirs, not mine. (laughs) Nah. I I will admit to uh, stealing my children's Easter chocolate. (laughs) If they have enough, it's okay. Not like large amounts of it. (laughs) Oh. Not enough that they'd notice. Anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, moving on. Remember that if you want to join us for Sprints and Giggles, then make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. And to get all of the additional benefits of supporting the show, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unstoppable Authors and come and tell us your favourite sci-fi subgenre. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.